Everybody, welcome back to Medicare Agent IQ. I am Raul Gonzalez. And I'm Oscar Ibieta. And today we are going to be really kind of taking a deeper dive into uh, a, a good needs analysis. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of agents I, I feel like that end up either uh, having people get termed, you know, the short-term disenrollments or, or losing a client within that first year. If I'll tell you, for the most part, if you lose a client within the first maybe six months, year of, of signing up, then you probably didn't do a great job of needs analysis. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. It, because that goes to say that there was some boxes that were left unchecked. If, if you, you know, when you're in the home and you're trying to figure out which plan is the one that makes the most sense for the individual, there's a usually kind of a, a, a core set of questions that you want to ask the individual to, so that way that helps you as the agent really figure out which option is going to make the most sense for them. And so to your point, if, if six months down the road, they're no longer on the books, um, then there's a chance that maybe something, something was left off the table and, and you want to make sure. And that's what today is about really is we want to do a deep dive. I feel like whenever we, I don't know, and may, maybe there is, but whenever I'm having conversations with agents or we're talking about training and, and what they lack or what they would like to see more of, really, this is kind of taking you into the home. And this is you sitting at the kitchen table with your with your client and you're, you know, you're face to face or over the phone, however it is that you do sales and, and you're really trying to figure out what makes the most sense. So you've gotten, you know, the, the, the training on Medicare, you understand, you know, part A and part B and C and D, all that good stuff. And you've built that foundation. And so actually I'll take a moment to pause, right? You wanna make sure that you have actually poured that foundation in your training as an agent because this only makes you more valuable when you're out in the field. But once that's out of the way, then when, you know, what happens when I do get that appointment, when I am out working, you know, in the community, the grassroots style, or you've generated a lead, what's next, right? How do I get into that home and how do I turn this lead into a sale? I have this uh, thing that I always, I always joke with one of our agency, you know, he'll tell me how many leads that he's gotten. And I'll jokingly say, you know, leads really don't mean a whole lot unless you turn it into a sale. And so, um, but again, you've, you've, you've acquired a lead, you've gotten a lead, however it is. Now, how do we turn that into a sale? How do we go and close that? Yeah. Um, one of the things I will say is that and we, we touch on this pretty much all the time. And, it, and, it, and the reason I'll, I'll bring it up again, it felt like a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about this, but before you do that needs analysis, you got to warm people up. I think that's one of the most important things. It's kind of this, this trust building 15 minutes, 10 minutes that you get. And we've talked about it every time you just, you know, find something, find some common ground and ask them questions personal questions about themselves. Now, sometimes you'll run into a, one of those seniors that just wants to get to business, right? Mm -hmm. But for the most part, if you can kind of just open up a little bit of a friendship, a little bit of a, of a relationship, then you'd be surprised, you know, what kind of trust that you can actually build. So, so I would say that. And then we, after we do that, really what we're trying to do is determine what plan that an individual um, kind of how to give them direction. And so how are we doing that? How, why don't you lead us through a needs analysis? Yeah. So there's a, a few different ways that you can do it. We have a form, you know, that will, that we've shared with some of our agents and say, Hey, look, you can kind of work off of this form as you're getting more comfortable 
in into this Medicare, you know, in, in Medicare sales. But once you've done it multiple times and you're very comfortable doing this, you really, you can walk into appointments without this form. You already know what questions to ask, but this form really is there for agents that are a little bit newer or, or really try to figure out, you know, what questions should I be asking just to make sure that they are able to position themselves properly. Uh, this is kind of a good starting point uh, that you that you wanna have. So we're, we're gonna actually dive into this form and, and look at some of the questions that are on here that an agent should ask whenever you're you're meeting with somebody and so two different ways that you can get some of these questions answered you can do it when you're in the home um, once you again you're, you're running the appointment or sometimes you can also do it I would actually recommend it this way as well is to try and get this information uh, or a lot of the information that's on here before you go uh, into the home before you go and run run your appointment. And so what this does is this allows you to do your homework as an agent. You can prepare. Again, all of this can be done in the home. Yeah, you know what? I, let, let's let's stop there for just a second. And, and I will tell you that everybody has their, their kind of their own strategy here. I'm actually different. I, I, I wouldn't do all that. Yeah. Um, I, I like the idea of getting as little information as possible and just going to their house. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like there's, you know, there's, and again, it's all preference, right? It's all style. But for me, uh, my goal usually is just to get into, just to get them to commit to an appointment. And then I'm not really going to ask them a whole bunch. Kind of also depends on, on the individual. I think sometimes agents tend to do that. So that way they can um, save themselves from having to go out there if it's not going to turn into a cell. But for me, I, uh, I don't want to do that because I like a lot of times there's, there's times where someone will say something and you're like, yeah, that's not going to be a cell. Right. I think yeah. you kind of get that feeling. And then the further that conversation goes, you're like, Oh, turns out I was wrong. It, 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 this turned into a cell or, or maybe I was able to turn it into something. A referral uh, perhaps. Right. Like, uh, let's just say that someone's on, like, so there's, there's a doctor's group here in San Antonio that is on United Health, United, I'm sorry, they, they only accept United Healthcare. Okay. And uh, if you go to that doctor, then they, if, if the individual goes to that doctor, some agents might be like, oh, well, there's my opportunity for a sell. So I'm not going to waste my time going out there. But then maybe it turns out that they weren't happy with that doctor or something like that. So my strategy would be that I just get all of these. I'm going to set my appointment and I'm going to get to their house. We're going to do a warm up and then we're going to start these questions. Yeah. I think that's the best for me. But you like to do it ahead? I actually do both. And I think I know where you're coming from when when you bring that up. And I'm glad you did, because if, if you're out and you're working retail or you're maybe doing hosting an event at a senior community, wherever it is, and you're you're in front of seniors, I would pr I, I usually go with your style with what you said there. Right. You don't need a whole lot of information. Just try and set the appointment and then go ahead and ask those questions when once you're in the home. I guess where I was coming from is the and again, I'll, I'll use both styles is when somebody reaches out to you, when it's when it's a very warm referral and someone says, hey, Oscar, I got your information from John and, and you helped him out and, and we work together. It's pretty clear you're going to be the agent that they work with. Right. And so then it's you know, it's then then we, we, I think it's okay to, to go ahead and ask some of those questions because this is a very warm lead that was sent, you know, it was referred to you by somebody who was on your book of business or however it is that, that you got it. So definitely, I think there's, there's a, there's a strategy in, in both. And that strategy is good. It just depends on where you're at. So I guess that's what I was 
that's where I was going when I said, you can do it one of two ways. You can do it when you're in the home or you can collect this information. And I think that's your decision to make as the agent. You you have a better read uh, on how that appointment is gonna go. But for the sake of, of what we're going through here today, let's just pretend we're in the home. Yeah, and, and and let's let's do that. Like basically, like like he said, you can ask if it's a if it's a warm if it's a warm referral, you can ask a lot more questions. And and my but but my hope is to not also, um, you know, you start asking too many questions to to someone that wasn't a warm referral, and they might start getting kind of scared of push them of, away. Yeah, like just so just some basic, Hey, let's, let's get an appointment. We'll come out and show you some information and, and we'll go ahead and review your options and just see yeah. what's available. All right. <laughs> now we get there. Right. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's not, I wasn't even thinking with that there. Um, yeah. Cause but, I would say that if we're working real hard at the beginning of our career and that's, let's face it, a lot of people who are mm -hmm. watching or listening to our podcast are, are newer in their career. They are probably doing more of the, the, the calling leads than yeah. getting those referrals. And of course, at some point that flips over. Yeah. And you, and you can actually talk yourself out of a sale or out of an appointment or even an opportunity. Yeah. So take the time to run that appointment. Even if you don't think it's going to turn into a sale, take that as an opportunity to get out there and to learn something. I guarantee you there's a lesson in, in everything. Don't look at an appointment or, or always make it a point to try and set an appointment. And, and I guarantee you, you're going to walk away from there having learned something new, whether it's uncovering information about their current plan. If, it, if you're not able to make a change, you can actually understand why it didn't make sense uh, to, to make a change to their current plan. But okay, so here we are, right? You, you're in the home and you are You've, you've done the warm up and now you're getting to the needs analysis, right? Let's get down to business. Let's talk insurance and, and let me figure out what's going to make sense for, um, for you. So one of the first things you, you're going to want to ask that you have to know is what insurance do you have? I know that's pretty obvious, right? But you want to know what, what insurance is it that, that they have? And, and it's not enough for somebody to tell you, oh, I have Blue Cross Blue Shield or I have Aetna, see if they can get that card out. Can I? Can you do me a favor? Can you show me that that Aetna card? And let me tell you why, because Aetna has so many different plans. And so by all these plans have codes on them. And by looking at the code that you've got there on, on that plan, uh, on that card, it gives me a better idea of which exactly which plan it is. And so now that you know which plan it is that you that they've got, you now you know what you're what you're quote unquote what you're up against, right? What you're what you're selling against, if you will, or you know what those benefits are so that you can put them on something that's gonna make more sense for them. So this is where plan knowledge carries a lot more weight when you're out in the field than when you don't have that plan knowledge. Again, taking the time, this is all self-study where whatever market it is that you're that you're focusing on and that you that you plan on working, get yourself familiar with the plans that are out there. Again, it doesn't have to be every single plan, but you do want to become familiar with those core plans, the main players, the heavy hitters so that when you end up in a situation where you're sitting down with somebody and they've got this plan, you already know what the benefits are. Now, yeah, I would say, you know what, like, uh, would, as, as an agent, challenge yourself, not just because you, you mentioned, you know, a lot of times we give agents, um, we give agents kind of a pass and they're like, yeah, you know, like, you don't, you only have to know the main four, but challenge yourself. When I, when I was at working for Humana, I only sold one plant, but I knew the benefits of all the competitors, probably better than the people that represented <laughs> them. Why? Because I want to know how to sell against that, right? I want to know where 
where you fall short with your plan. So that way I can make a suggestion on how to kind of do better. So know all the plans. If you're going to put yourself in a position where, and this is where I always, you know, when I tell people one, you want to be an agent that is going to get a sell if there's a sell to be had. And, and there's a lot of agents where they've gone in there and they missed an opportunity because they didn't know the benefits well enough. So challenge yourself. Know all the uh, know all the benefits of all the plans in your market. We live in 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 a market where there's like, you know, thirty options. Yeah. But know them. There's there's take the time. This is your business and get the most out of it by knowing all the benefits of all the plans. Yeah, and the, and the truth of it is, is if people who do take the time to become familiar with the plans, their conversion rate is much higher. Yeah. Their closing rate is, is much higher simply because they, they are able to position themselves. Now, there is a way, right? As as you're, there's, there's a way to somewhat work around this as you're still trying to learn these plans. And so what you can do is, depending on the different platform that you use to enroll, you can you can go straight to the carrier site, or if you like like we use here, we use Sunfire, right? So you can go to Sunfire and you can actually pull the summary of benefits for all the plans that that, that are available in that market. So you, once you've seen what plan it is that they're on, and you maybe you're not familiar with it because it's happened to me where it's just like, gosh, I I'm not all that familiar with the benefits on this plan, or this is not a common plan that I run into. What are the benefits? What am I up against? I'll go and I'll pull the summary of benefits through Sunfire. And now I've got it in front of my face. And so I'm able to look and I'll quickly screen, you know, just scroll through it and look at the, the main, the core benefits, and then maybe look at some of those extra benefits. So that way I know how to have that conversation or what direction uh, that appointment is going to go in. But again, you've got to start off by knowing what insurance it is that they have. Um, and then the second question you want to ask is who's your primary doctor? Um, and, and the immediate follow-up question that I think a lot of agents might miss is, is it important for you to keep that doctor? And, and the reason you want to make sure to ask that question and not leave it out is because you may not know where that where that prospect is in terms of their relationship with their doctor. Maybe it's one of the, the situations where, well, this is my doctor, but I never see him. I never see her. And that's because I, I'm always seeing their nurse practitioner or their, their physician assistant. And, and some people are okay with that and others are not. Or maybe they, they might say something like, well, this is the doctor that I have, but it's really just because I was placed there. I didn't really choose this doctor. And so you want to go ahead, you want to make sure that you ask the follow-up question, is it important for you to keep that doctor? Now you may I like the question, how do you like them? You know, I, yeah. I, I think that, that it, it's an open-ended question. How, how do you like that doctor? And they're going to give you, I love, I love when you ask a question in the right way, a lot of these seniors are going to tell you mm -hmm. that I'm like, man, I've been living for 70 years. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to tell you exactly what I think. And, uh, and if you ask that question that way, well, how do you like them? Uh, they're going to, they're going to, Oh, I love, I, he saved my life. He saved my sister's life. I'm going to stay with that doctor no matter what, or like, nah, you know, I, well, to be honest, I don't really see him that much. You know, mm -hmm. like, well, what do you mean? Oh, well, I see a PA, and even when I do, they're two hours late for every appointment. Oh, okay. 
maybe, maybe, maybe I might make a suggestion to some of someone mm -hmm. that is is going to do better by you. Yeah. So the, and that's 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 exactly it, right? You might get the other response where they say, "I absolutely love this doctor." Well, now you know. Okay, this is the doctor that they want to stick with. So I always look at things the way that the way that I teach agents is you, you're trying to you, you want to be able to show your prospects, your members the menu, right? And, and so if you if they tell you I absolutely love this doctor and this doctor only works with two carriers, then we we pull those other carriers, we take them off the table, right? We're not going to show them that part uh, of the menu if they've already expressed to you that they absolutely love this doctor and they want to keep this doctor. Um, so and. And you also want to make sure that you make it, you communicate that to them. So you want to let them know, hey, it looks like your doctor only works with carrier A and carrier B. So I know you've said that you really love this doctor and you want to keep this doctor. So these are the options that we're going to stick to. Again, I, I'm, I'm an independent agent and I work with multiple carriers. But the reason we're not going to talk about other carriers is because you've told me that you love this doctor and you want to keep this doctor. So I feel like there's some psychology behind it or, or you're kind of protecting yourself as an agent because you don't want to walk out of there with your prospect, with your member thinking, well, Raul only works with these two carriers. He only works with these two plans uh, because these are the only two that we discussed when we were in the appointments. Like, no, the only reason we discussed these two plans was because these are the these are the plans that my doctor accepts. But Raul made it clear to me that he is a an independent agent and works with multiple carriers. So I feel like there's value in in communicating that to them because we know it as agents, but they don't uh, they may not know that. And so you're protecting yourself from them calling somebody or, or maybe their doctor retires and, and you're not aware of it. Now they've got to go look for other plans, but Raul only works with these two uh, the way that I understood it. And so by doing that, they know Raul is your, your first call, right? Every time that, that you have any questions about your insurance. So after the primary doctor, then specialists. Are there are there any specialists that you see that, that are important to you? And then get a list of, of those specialists and then maybe ask them how often that they see them. Well, because then, then they're going to start to give you some some information, just the way that you said, right? Well, yeah, about the PCP, same with specialists. Well, I haven't seen this doctor in three years, but this is this is the doctor that I've seen for this specialty. Other times, they're going to tell you, well, this doctor is very important to me. I go to this doctor once a month, so we know that that's a priority doctor when we start doing our homework. Um, and then, and then the, we can do a C-SNP screening, so we can find out whether or not, uh, again, most markets offer uh, a chronic special needs plan. Some may not, but um, you want to see, you want to screen them for uh, any chronic conditions. So you want to ask questions like, are there, do you have any chronic conditions such as, such as diabetes? Again, I'm, I'm speaking to, to the market here, but we're just using it as an example. Um, do you have any chronic, do you have cro chronic heart failure? Uh, have you, do you have a pacemaker? Have you had any stents? Have you had a bypass surgery? Let's, let's very quickly, let's, let's talk about cherry picking. Okay. Um, there are, there are questions that we're really not supposed to ask because in, and not like as insurance agents, like I, like, I don't care what you have. I want to, I take everybody. Right. right. But, but because of the fact that the, the, the concern is insurance companies, cherry picking, uh, the way that I like to ask this question is, you know, there are special, I, I'll preface the question mm -hmm. with, you know, there are special plans in the area for people with certain chronic conditions like diabetes, chronic heart failure, AFib, uh, or maybe even someone with the pacemaker. You think you might qualify for one of those? Right. That's how I ask that question. And, and, and it's to protect myself from, uh, you know, 
the idea would be obviously that senior, they don't know the difference, but the idea is so that way we, uh, if we get secret shopped that yeah. we're, we're wording the question in a way that would, 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 yeah. would be okay. So that's how I would, I would make sure to, to, to word that question is, uh, you know, and just, and just throw it out there. Do you, do you, you know, the reason I asked that, or at the end of it, the reason I asked that is because there are special plans available for people with those types of conditions. And we just want to make sure that we get you on the right plan, uh, that, or, or share with you all plans that are available to you. Yeah. So I would throw that out there as well. And I, and I want to add a little more to this. So if somebody does express to you, you know, when, when, when you, when you ask that question and they, they end up, op they open up and they say, well, I do have diabetes. Uh, now one question that I always get from agents is when do I know whether or not it makes sense to enroll somebody into a CSNP plan? And so just because somebody you you've discovered that somebody has a chronic condition like diabetes, it doesn't mean that that's the plan that you got to go with. It's just it's an option that can remain on the table for them. That's that's all that means. It doesn't necessarily mean that oh, because this person is a is a, has a chronic condition, we have to we have to go with a chronic plan. That's not the case. It's just an option that is on the table for them, as opposed to a person who does not have any chronic conditions, and that option is not on the table for them. But let's put it out there. If you are writing someone on a plan, let's let's use my market here. We're in San Antonio, mm -hmm. right? Use our market. If you write someone on a plan that is not a chronic plan, and maybe the chronic plan has five dollars less at the at the the specialist, it has you know um, a little bit more dental, it has a little bit more. Uh, or a little bit lower hospital copay, like slightly lower. It's got all these small differences that really are very small, but could have a financial impact on that senior. Then as an agent, you want to make sure that you put them on that plan. Why? Oscar, tell them why. <laughs> because it's going to, it's going to, because it's going to go a long way, right? When you, when we talk about the point that I'm making is, is that if I put them on the regular plan and I did not ask yeah. them if they qualify for the CSNET plan, then they're going to run into another agent that is looking for an opportunity. They're going to see that this individual could save $5 on their specialist copay. And so because of that truth, I was a bad agent for not putting them on the right plan. And they're going to say that without saying it. What would I say? Oh gosh, they must've missed this. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is that agent was dumb or like, <laughs> that's code for that agent really yeah. messed up. Oh man, they must've missed it, but you actually qualify. Did you know that you qualify for this chronic special needs plan? Wouldn't it make sense that just if you could save every dollar you could to get yeah. on this plan instead of that one, it's got the same exact doctors. It's got, yeah. so, so you're putting yourself in a position to, to lose if you don't screen for those chronic conditions. And I'll be honest, I, I did that. I, I was I guilty too. of that early on in my career. And so that's why we're here. That's why we have this, this show is to share that knowledge with you and say, don't, don't do what we did, right? Yeah. Learn from the lessons that, that we had to learn the hard way. And so protect yourself as an agent when you're out there and make sure you do that screening. Because on the contrary, as I figured it started to figure things out, I thought, oh, these are the easiest sales to come across. If I uncover that somebody has a chronic 
chronic condition and they're not on a chronic plan that does make sense for them, that's an easy sell. Uh, that's an easy sell for me uh, for me as as the agent. So other questions that, that you want to ask when you're when you're meeting with uh, with them is, you know, what do you what do you like about your plan? What do you what do you enjoy about it? And then just take a step back. And, and that's where you start to do your listening. Again, early on, I used to get caught up in what my next line was going to be. Right. This is what I want to talk about. This plan's got great dental. This plan's got great this. Take a step back. Just yeah. be, be quiet. Why? <laughs> because because I don't have teeth. Why do I care how good your dental is? <laughs> I've got, I've got yeah. dentures. Or like, uh, you know, oh, this, great, this plan has a great hearing aid benefit. I don't need hearing aids. Mm-hmm. So, so you're absolutely right. And, and one of the key things for questions like this, it says, what do you like about your plan? The question is not, do you like your current plan? What's the answer to do you like your current plan? Sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So the real question is open-ended. And I think that's one of the things that just, this isn't just for Medicare, but in sales, ask questions in an open-ended way. So that way you're not just getting a yes or no answer. So what do you like about your, uh, about your current plan? I feel like it's the perfect way to word that. And is there anything that you don't like? Or I might ask instead, what don't you like about your current plan? Tell me where it could be better. What would you like to see more of? Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's the kind of question that I have. What would you like to see more of? I, like, I would, oh, I want, oh man, I wish I had more dental. You know, that, those, those kind of questions. Well, that, that, that's what you'll get when you ask those kinds of questions. I think that that's one of the most important things to ask. And I might even ask that when I ask them what their insurance is. Like, oh, what, what insurance is? Oh, which insurance do you have? Well, I have Humana Gold Plus. Oh, okay, I like that plan. I, I usually, uh, just this is kind of yeah. a extra credit, right? <laughs> but I'll usually affirm their decision. Oh man, that's a good plan. You know, I used to, I, had a, I have a lot of clients on that plan. I think it's, what a good decision you made. Oh, you're basically telling me you're, you're smart. You, right. you, that's a compliment to them. What a good decision you made. Um, what don't you like? Is there anything that you would change about it? That's another good question. What would you change about your, your current insurance? If you had control over everything, what would you change? Yeah. You know, so I'll throw that. And, and again, asking these questions and then taking a step back to listen to what their response is. Going back to product knowledge, again, knowing what the products are in your market, when they start to tell you what it is that they that they like or, or what they dislike about their plan, that's when that hamster wheel needs to start spinning inside your brain and you've got to start thinking, okay, they're telling me that they don't like this about their plan or they would like to see more of this particular benefit on their plan. Then you start to think about, uh, okay, well, what options do I have, right? Maybe they're telling you a story about, gosh, I don't really care for that hospital copay. I was in the hospital a few months ago and when I got that bill, whoo, man, that was, that was a high bill. So now I know a pain point, something that's important to them is a hospital copay. So they may not even know that there are plans out there that have lower hospital copays. So you wanna be listening to those signs, those cues that they're giving you. So that way that allows you to know, okay, these are the options that I'm gonna bring to the table for this person. And so guys, just just taking the time to study the plans and and becoming familiar with the products that are available in the market that you're working is gonna go a long way. And it's you're gonna see your your, that you're gonna be able and capable of closing a lot more appointments and a lot more leads when you have the when you have that knowledge already stored um, uh, in your brain. And so 
One one last thing that I that I that I like to take the time to to screen people for without, and again, you want to make sure that you're tactfully asking these questions. And so, here in Texas, we have we have uh, it's called the Medicare Savings Program, where people can qualify for the in the street term for it is Medicaid. And so, we want to see, we want to make sure that we, we we tell them, hey, look, there are programs you may have heard, you may have gotten mail, or you may have seen the commercials, or those commercials aren't really out there anymore. But about money back into your social security check there's there's actually a program out there through the state of texas um, where if people had their income is under a certain level so and then you can read off that level if their income is under this limit um, then they may qualify for additional benefits maybe they won't have to pay their medicare part b premium or may even qualify for medicaid where um, they they can get on a plan where they won't have any co-pays and they can get additional uh, benefits like here in Texas, the big one, and I feel like nationally is a grocery benefit. That's been the biggest uh, thing. And so people want to know if they qualify for that. So make sure that you become familiar. Again, we don't get paid for helping people get onto this program, the Medicare savings program, but you do want to make sure that you're familiar with it and that you have the ability to screen people for it, because if they qualify for it, then that puts you in a position to to be the hero, right? You're, you're, you're getting them more benefits. You're saving them money. And now you're really earning their trust by helping them get onto a plan like this. Yeah, that's good. We don't get paid, but it pays off. Right. right. That's exactly yeah. right. Hey, so just a couple of quick takeaways that, that I have, if maybe two of the most important takeaways that you get from today's podcast is, uh, number one, know the other plans. And I mean, all of them just, you've got to know what the competition is. And so if you're an independent agent, every plan is your competition. You got to know what the comp- competition is doing. And, um, and w- what do I mean by that? Well, if somebody's on United Healthcare and that's a plan I, I sell the most and, and they're on United Healthcare, my hope is that I'm finding something with Humana or, or WellCare or one of the, or Aetna or one of the other companies that would suit them better. And again, the heart of this is putting them in a better position, in a better situation. Like I'm, I'm hoping that I can find a plan that would put them in a better financial situation and, or, you know, with a doctor that they're happier with or whatever the case, putting them in a better situation than I found them. And I get paid to do that. It's almost like a, it's a challenge for me to find that. And then the second thing that another takeaway is ask open-ended questions, make sure that you do that in, in any business, in any sales, it's going to pay off. So anything else? That's all we have for today. Uh, Thank you so much for for joining us. Uh, Until next time, uh, make sure to follow us on, uh, what do we got, Raul? We've got YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Those three, am I missing one? We don't do any dances though on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) No dancing. No dancing, so. And then of course Um, on the platforms that you're listening to us, Spotify and and Apple. Yep, let us know if you have any questions, anything you want us to go over, and we'd be happy to uh, consider that for, for upcoming shows. So until next time, thanks so much.